I am the captain now. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the Rhythm Changes podcast. I'm your host with the most, Bess yes. Chernoff. Yes, you are. Yes. Thank you very much for having me. Yes. <laughs> Today we're flipping the script. <laughs> yeah, for the holiday special. Welcome, welcome. I exist. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing here? You're the host. Uh, you gave me like two pages of questions that I have to ask you now. So we're going to just start off with that. Yeah, I, d I don't know how many we're going to get through. I don't even know how many there are because I didn't really count them. But they're from different people's tweets that I follow. They're from different articles that I've read around this time. They're from an episode of my favorite podcast. Because around this time, a lot of people I follow, I guess they tend to reflect on things. And I need help with that. So I have enlisted Vez to help me with that. So thank you. Yes, yes. <laughs> I guess because it's like the new year coming up that everyone's like, hey, let's reflect on everything. Yeah. And so now you get to reflect on things that I ask you. Yeah. <laughs> and that I have determined for you. And yes. I haven't really worked out any answers for, for any of this stuff. So you'll just have to trust me that I didn't, you know, because I could have just worked out all the answers if I wanted to just talk. But no, that's not the point, right? The point is... I've collected these questions as I saw them, and now we're going to think about them. Yes, you know? this is actually just an improv exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you being willing to do it because I just I want to come up with some goals for this coming year that don't suck. And I want the way that I think about the year that I had to not suck too. So that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, I would like that too because yeah. uh, you tend to get all... Oh, caught you, up in that you would like that for me yes for <laughs> you you, you would like no, that no no for you for you yeah i'm the one asking the questions i'm not answering them yeah do you want me to just start off sure all right what were the big moments memories and milestones from this year yeah that's that's a good question to start with I think I could go month by month. I think that's probably the best way for me to think about it. So if I go all the way back to January, the main thing that I remember from January is that I played the gig in the worst weather playing conditions I ever have. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. It was very cold. And it wasn't snowing or anything, but it was just cold and rainy. It was in New West, and it was outside. It was like January 20th or something like that. And yeah, it was it was really challenging to play, and we kept having to poke that tent so that it wouldn't leak water, <laughs> explode, and and drop water on us. But we made it out okay, and it was a great gig. That you know they they paid well. They're very nice people. I got to play with my trio, so that was that was one of my highlights back from January. That's for sure, and that allowed me to do one of my highlights from February, which was go to Nanaimo yeah. and play with Tegan, which we later converted into her playing here. Yeah, so that yeah. was that was pretty sweet. That's probably the main thing that I remember from February. And then in March, uh, I had a lot of interesting things happen at my job at the time with Greenleaf, where you know I got to book a tour for somebody for the first time. Uh, a, an album came out on the label for the first time that I had put together. Uh, so March, I was really thinking about that. And I had some... I had some experiences there that are very memorable and that taught me a lot in that month. And then in April, uh, I can't think of anything from that particular month just off the top of my head. I know we played a great 
gig at La Fabrique St. George, which is a place that I really love now. I love going there. And I don't, I don't, I haven't really brought you there. No, I've never been You've never to, been there. Yeah. To so La we got to make that happen. George. So that's a place that I need to go to at some point. Yeah. Um, you forgot our anniversary happened somewhere in there, but you know, I'll give you a pass. Well, yeah, you're right. Cause in April we, we went away to Salzburg and that was really nice. Yes, that was, was in mid April. Yeah. Yeah. And we got to meet Steve the cat. Yes, Steve the cat, yeah. best cat. Shout out to Steve the cat at uh, Wisteria Lodge, yeah. I think. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's a good place. And then in May, I played the theater show at the Bernie Leg Theater in New West. Yeah, I didn't get to come to that show either, but yeah. I heard it went really well, way better than you were expecting. Yep, I wrote about what I was expecting. So there's that as a reference point. So that was quite an experience. And then in June, I played at the Jazz Fest for the first time. Yeah, finally. <laughs> yeah, which I've also written about. In July, I got to play with Kieran and Emily. I also missed that, but it sounded yeah, great. It's on the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a special performance. I also played at Cat Solano and at Car Free Day New West and other places with the trio. So that was like the last of the trio primetime from putting out maybe eventually last year but then by this point like i was just thinking about how miserable i was at work so that was like my entire summer pretty much yeah it was pretty rough yeah it just wasn't working for me um and then i finally got out of it when i guess in early october late september Something I think like it that. was October, yes. Yeah. But before then, I played at Frankie's with the quintet, which is also really memorable. That was a great show. Yeah, you were there. And then got into got out of my work situation. Uh, I played another, the Western Red Cedar show at Chillax also in great November. Show. Yeah, I loved that one. Yeah. And then as we got to December... I realized that like rhythm changes had been doing pretty well and it had grown a fair bit. And so I, I got kind of stoked about that when I looked back over the previous year and realized how much it had grown. So then I was just feeling good about what we did there. Like gig list, we listed over 2000 gigs in the year 2023. And I wrote probably about a hundred articles. We looked at that. I can't remember the exact number, but it was like we posted a hundred times to the site, yeah, not including podcast episodes. So. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a wild amount of articles. It's a lot that of you content wrote this year. <laughs> yeah, and and that other people wrote too. So a lot a lot happened on rhythm changes. I think the the single most special article that's happened on rhythm changes so far was the the tangent story. The, oh, the story oh. of David Blake opening up about how the process of the tangent shutting down. Yeah, that was that was a good a good story. That was in August, I think, that we put that out because that was when they changed the name of the restaurant and everything was done. I mean, everything else on Rhythm Change is very special to me too, but I think that article in particular is an example of something that just is only possible because of what Rhythm Changes is. So when I look back, I think that's like the single, if I had to show somebody one thing that I did, it, it could be that as, as an example of a story that was, that was told there. 
that was kind of special. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to show those stories through the eyes of people who are actually in the community as opposed to just having some random news article be like, oh, hey, look, Tangent Cafe is no longer that. It is now Daybreakers. There's no more jazz. Sucks. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, we already knew that. Tell us something different. So... That's what we did. Yeah, tell us that insider knowledge. <laughs> yeah, and he 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 was still very classy. He, yeah. he was, yes, he yeah. was. So that's that's important too if you're talking about something that wasn't all great. And then just a couple other things before I started wrapping up the year was I I started working with Corey a little bit, which is really fun, and I really love what he does. So it's Good fun guy, for me Corey to be Weeds. involved with him. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I partnered with Coastal Jazz on something for the first time ever at Iron Fest at Ironworks. I was hosting some people. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was also a, a milestone, I guess. So that's a quick scan. I know there's lots of other questions of, of every. I think that sets us up for a lot of the other ones. But those are like the, the things that I remember from the course of the year. Some of them will come up again in some of the other questions, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the next few questions all are pertinent to well, this good. Then we're conversation. Um, so we just reflected on all of these moments and memories from the year. Which one would you say, or which ones would you say were like your biggest wins and accomplishments of the year? I think... The quintet stuff stands out as the biggest because one, that's my thing and it's on my kind of artist side where I'm a band leader and so it's up to me. Two, that's like the best group of people for me. No, nothing against any of my other <laughs> bands, but those people that, they're all people I've known and played with for 10 plus years. Yeah. And there's four of them. Yeah, that's Western Red special. Cedar was cool too because it was also four other people, but people that I've never played with before, and I was playing all other people's music, so that was yeah. special in a different way. But the quintet is like it's like the 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 most home project that I've ever had with the most number of people, and both those shows were great, and, and I really remember them really fondly. Um, so I think that's a that's a really big one for me. Uh, playing the jazz fest, you could say playing Catalano, you could say so for all the trio stuff that the however many shows probably like 10 or so i think i did 17 shows as a leader in total in the year i I posted that on uh my william turnoff profiles yeah we got to the end of the year i think probably about 10 of those were trio and you you look back on them and like there's jazz fest and there's Catalano. so the run that we had with the trio was also super special and then getting to work with coastal jazz that one time i for me it was just an important milestone given like you start rhythm changes from nothing and then you you feel like you're participating a lot more when you get to do something like that even though it wasn't like a job like i didn't get any money for doing it i just kind of got to be there and i got to introduce people it was just really special to actually do something with them for the first time so those are like the, the 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 first ones that i think about for like wins i think this year I think that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why there's no there's no other rhythm changes wins even though rhythm changes had a really good year is cuz it's so diffused like over a bunch of different things. There's not like a huge thing that's like a huge win for rhythm changes. That was like launching the gig list. That was in April 2022. 
they yeah. put it together. There, there isn't one huge rhythm changes moment like that. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, I'm not as good as transitioning in between um, questions as you are. So well, I, don't, I, don't even, I don't know. I'm not good. You don't really need any transition. So. Fine. Um, you basically already answered a couple of these questions already. That so I'm not going to bother asking you them. Um, you're pretty succinct with your answers. Um, I think in my personal life, I'm not. So I appreciate you saying that. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's true. I try to ask him like yes or no questions. And then he just goes on like a tangent. Uh, rip. Um, yeah. <laughs> about Salute whatever, emoji. <laughs> about whatever thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. So yes or no. <laughs> it's like, what do you want to have for dinner? Well, you see, pasta is just such a really good... <laughs> wonderful italian dish but if i consider the fact that i love piroshki and it's winter time no i'm just joking but <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah so yeah i appreciate you saying that i'm succinct i'll yeah, take it yeah yeah i'll take it speaking of being succinct and um maybe not so much in your personal life um how could you be a better husband friend or family member in the new year yeah, I mean, there's some there's some really obvious things. I think one thing that will come up again is like, I just need to be nicer to myself because a lot of the negativity just comes from within me. It's not from outside things that are afflicting me. It's like something that I bring into other stuff. So finding more ways to, to not lead with that and, and lead with being happy or being chill is for all of those areas it's probably like the clear number one thing right uh yeah i'd say yeah. so i'd say that you have a lot of negative self-talk and yeah. that can sometimes spread just into everyday life mm -hmm. um i know that you've been working really hard on that this year which i really appreciate because it's uh I have to see it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something that you normally get to see from William. He's usually pretty like cheerful, outgoing guy. Like you, you see him around town, you're like, hey, you're that guy from Rhythm Changes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's, that happens. Um, and I like really appreciate, William, how much you are capable of just talking to people and being like a face to to all these young jazz musicians or jazz fans so i think that's really cool and i appreciate how much you are capable of just talking to whoever comes up to you that's that's great um that means fun yeah that's awesome um but yeah you don't necessarily see the stuff behind the scenes there's still like negativity that crops up in daily life and it's something that people have to work through and i think it's something william's been working through a lot this year um, especially with having worked in a job that just wasn't working yeah um, that's probably like the, oh you know what there i gotta go back um <laughs> is there anything else coming up that's like related to wins because i have one I, there's one thing that i didn't mention that i want to say but. um no there's not really there's like i kind of like 
skipped over a couple questions yeah. because you had already basically yeah no that's all them, good but you can... no i want to go back i want to go back because one of you could say this is like my biggest win depending on how you looked at it but like during covid i accumulated over ten thousand dollars in debt yep in personal debt uh-huh and i paid it all off this year yeah sometime in the summer um maybe some of my friends would know the exact date i actually don't remember right now but at some point in the summer i hit the zero balance on that because i aggressively paid i paid down all my personal covid debt that i had since that time so that's a huge win i, I agree yeah as yeah. someone who um has finances that are connected to yours yeah <laughs> as you know that was a huge you remember that that day yeah that was a huge yep. win i don't remember the exact date but i do remember that day <laughs> yeah no that was this year so in some ways it doesn't feel like it was this year because the the vibe of that experience of being in the COVID debt and coming out of it feels more like over the last couple of years than it feels like a part of this year. Yeah. But this year was the year when I, I zeroed that out. So that's a, that's a huge win that I forgot that I I don't really end up getting a chance to talk about very much, but I wanted to mention it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I mean, I'm really proud of you for being able to pay that off, even yeah. if it meant that you're working a job that wasn't working for you and that was a whole thing that happened but yeah but it helped me do that yeah it did help yeah. you get through that and i think that even if it wasn't the best experience it was still something that you learned a lot from and you learned a yeah. lot about yourself from now, all the all the bad stuff i've done is like that so <laughs> it's good right <laughs> yeah it's, it's 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 that that's no different yeah even though that's what i think about over the years like struggling with that i learned so much from it like i said so that's all good so yeah that's what i want to add yeah uh, that's yeah that's awesome um it does kind of connect to some of the next questions too um one of the questions we have written here is, what do I have today, or sorry, what do you have today that you would have begged to have had five years ago? Yeah, I love that one. Uh, I did look at that one and I didn't, I, th I thought about it. I thought about how much I enjoyed the question. I didn't, I didn't come up with an answer quite yet, but I think the most obvious one is like, if I actually think about the past five years, one of the other big things I did over the past five years was like being in a band and like trying to have an audience and perform and and sell cds and do stuff like that and have people listening to our music and i have an audience now that is not like one that i've had before and it's still very small in absolute terms but it's the biggest that i've ever kind of carried with me and it's like the biggest audience that i've been a steward of so far it's the rhythm changes audience so it's not entirely like uh, for my music but it's still an audience that i have to steward so it's still something that i think about and i think that's something that i wanted the whole time because i knew that that is the key when you like have a band or when you want to put out your own music which i was starting to do only within the last five years um i i was thinking about having access to that audience of people and I've, I had all kinds of ideas about what I wanted to share with those people, what I wanted to do for them and all that. But I, I never really felt like I had it until now when I looked back on the year at Rhythm Changes and I realized that there's like, depending on how you slice it, there's like a couple thousand people kind of that it touches. Yeah. So that that's absolutely the thing that I have now that if I look back, it was like that I would have always uh, 
wanted but felt like I didn't have yet. Yeah, it's really, really special. Um, and it's so cool to just see those people come out to gigs um, and have them be like... I call it, the, we call it the bathroom, <laughs> the, the, the bathroom experiences when people thank me in the bathrooms of a venue for the gig list. It's like, it's the best thing ever. Every time he's in the lineup <laughs> for the bathroom, it's just like, oh, hey, aren't you? Um, or no, it's not even, it's not aren't you. It's just like, thank you. And yep. you're like... For what? <laughs> I mean, they say they they say what what it's for. It's usually for the gig. It's okay, pretty, it's no, for the gig list. It's because they like start off with like, "Hey, man, I just want to thank you," and you're yeah, like, "Yeah, yeah." For standing in the bathroom line, <laughs> like, what's going on? Like, I didn't give up my spot. I'm still before you. But, yeah. <laughs> this is like at the the big medium to bigger sizes. This, this happened to me at the Fox a few times. This is uh those those kind of places where it actually ends up getting you get you get lined up not like at frankie's or yeah. or whatever yeah yeah how do you think you grew as a person this year i think a big theme that's behind a whole bunch of other different stuff that might seem unrelated is i just realized that like it's not all on me like i don't have to blame myself for everything and it's not that i'm starting to blame other people either it's just that I'm not looking at it in terms of blame, hopefully. I'm just thinking about, okay, well, what can we do now from here yeah. instead of worrying about what I did wrong or about like what blame I might have for any one thing. I think I'm starting to look at that. Before, I didn't even know how to look at that. Yeah, I just knew it was a problem, but like I couldn't even think about it. But now... I, I understand that that is an issue and I can see it a little bit. So yeah. it's something that I can work on more next year. But this year, I think I I started to to sort through that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's a massive breakthrough. Because you know that was a huge problem for me. Oh, 100%. Um, shout out to Johnny Tobin for having a tune that actually starts off with you yeah, saying something what I similar yeah, to yeah, this. Yeah. It's, that's, a, that's actually a very concise statement of that. Uh, yeah what he pulled from that recording of, of me talking that that's a very concise statement of what that problem was so yeah. yeah yeah exactly yeah um well on that note which areas of your life received the most and the least attention this year it sounds funny to say but i think an area that received the most growth in how much i paid attention to it was actually fitness because okay. this year was a big oh i didn't even that's another win i did the trail run race with my brother-in-law joe yeah was, i don't yeah remember was it like july or something yeah it was in july and i'm doing it again i'm doing it again in 2024 but you'll finish it this time yeah i'll finish uh that was a big win uh that kind of got me thinking about fitness regularly whereas i basically never did so that's an area that i'm paying attention to more often now but that's like an area that grew so in absolute terms, I mean, things I spend the most time thinking about are like my own projects that get the most attention in my life, like rhythm changes, the music I make, all that kind of stuff. That's what I spend the most time thinking about, for sure. Like it's every day, literally every day, zero, zero days off from thinking about that kind of thing ever. Can confirm. Yeah. Um, which is fine because I mean, I love it. It's there is a healthy way to do that. Yes. Yeah. And I think you've gotten better at that yeah. throughout the years. Yeah. Uh, areas where I spent the least attention. Uh, 
it's really obvious that I really want to take the initiative to spend more time with my friends doing friend stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's a huge thing that I'm thinking about as I head into next year because I know it's there and I know it's ready to happen at any time, but it's just something that I don't spend enough attention on. It's very obvious to me Yeah. at this point because I used to think that because I was very kind of insecure, unhappy about what I was up to, I used to think that my friends would never hang out with me unless I worked with them. Like yeah. unless I hired them for gigs or studio sessions or unless I made projects for my friends to work with me, I used to think they would never want to hang out with me. But then I realized that's not true. So yeah, <laughs> now I can actually yeah. focus on that. Uh, and you even were like, Vez, I had so much fun hanging out with my friends. Please make sure that I hang yeah. out my, with my friends at least once a week. And I was exactly, like, which I don't uh, do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so it's, it's very clear that that's something Please that do. <laughs> I don't spend enough attention to. Yeah. Um, and I guess in terms of like having those feelings about your friends not wanting to spend time with you um, unless you hire them and stuff like that. Um, what things do you look back on less fondly that like you feel like drained your energy and weighed on you throughout the year? And do you have any plans or do you know how you can do less of that in the new year? Okay, so there's one specific answer to this only, which is like throughout the whole summer and through other pockets of the year, I was like waking up every day and the first thing that I would think about when I woke up every day was like dreading what my work day yeah, that would happen because I was really doing badly. And it would be the first thing that I think about when I get up. And it would be the last thing that I think about when I go to bed. And every day I would just be dreading yeah. work and I had no idea how to get out of it. Uh, but I did get out of it. Yes. And I do have other work that i've set up to do now i i changed my my job situation yes and so that alone just making that change is an opportunity to get out of that it is possible that i could feel the same way about my current work situation unlikely for a bunch of different reasons but it is theoretically possible that i could end up feeling the exact same way but i remember how that felt i remember how much it sucked and i just got to hope and believe that there's enough changes that you know, things I've learned from that and changes that I've set up in my life that it's not going to happen again. But it's very close to being just like the defining thing that I will look back on this year for, which sucks. Yeah. But, you know, you got to go through something like that if you want to get out of it, I guess. So hopefully, you know, if that's how I'm going to remember this year, then that's all right, because then I'm not going to have another year like that. I'm going to do what I can to to not let my jobs evolve into being something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think your mental ta mental health really tanked at around that time, but yep. Um I've seen you take a lot of steps to bring yourself out of that and just get to a better place. And I'm hoping that in the new year things will be better. Um Yeah. I know it sucks for you because you're like, what can I do? I can't do anything. And it's like kind of true. You can't, you can't really do anything, right? Yeah. I mean, what can I do? Tell yeah. you to quit your job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I didn't do that, but <laughs> that's, there's only so much I can, can do um, 
in those times. Yeah. Kind of be there and be like, I love you. You'll be okay. <laughs> and the way that it ended it's up working. It's just temporary. <laughs> it, w- it, w- it did work out that there was a clear exit point that was available. So that was really nice. When I really needed that, it was there. Yeah. So, you know, that was good and I took it and now I'm, I've changed up that situation. So hopefully yeah. that doesn't continue. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really proud of you for having come out of that. Oh, thanks. I'm proud of you for putting up with me through that whole summer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a weird question. What are some things you could start doing today that would guarantee an absolutely horrible year? <laughs> well, uh, we're recording this on Christmas Day. Yes. And Boxing Day is my sobriety anniversary. So that's obviously the most number one thing is like yes. I could start drinking again. Because this year, Boxing Day 2023, I haven't, I quit drinking two years ago. So, yes. you know, that's the, you could just, you could just leave it at that. Like that would be emblematic of all <laughs> the other things. But, you know, then it's like I could stop, do, I could forget about all the fitness and eating related things that I've been thinking about. And I could just never sleep, work all the time. And, you know, I could, I could I've done that. I could very easily do that again. But yeah, that yeah. would probably lead to a horrible year. You're yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could just completely like let loose, start drinking again. Yeah. Eat all a ton of junk, never go on walks or leave Drink the house. Drink a ton of coffee and never sleep. And yeah. Yeah. Um, that would lead to a horrible year. And keep thinking that I, my friends never want to hang out with me and they never will unless I work with them. That, that kind of attitude. Yeah. Yeah um but i am very proud of you for having been sober for two years by the way um thanks tomorrow you'll have been um congrats on that all we're doing is going to have dinner with my mom so we're not going to change that tonight so i think i'm going to make it to tomorrow i think you'll be fine (laughs) this is a good thing to do on christmas day when you don't have anything else to do yeah you know for us big dinner christmas eve so we did that yeah they're like just chilling on christmas day 18 people yeah, there there were a lot of people. Yeah, my my family goes a little hard. Yeah. It's uh it's a time. Which I love. <laughs> yes. And whereas I love going to William's chill Christmas day dinner with his mom. Well, we both love both. That's the real answer. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Where do you think you're taking yourself too seriously or making things harder for yourself than they need to be? Yeah, all kinds of ways. I when I dropped maybe eventually in October 2022, I explored whether or not it should be like my last album, whether the album format is useful to me, whether it will be useful to me. And that's still possible. I think, I think there's something there. And there's still, you know, I have, I have recorded a lot of music to date and not all of it is kind of, I haven't, I haven't, packaged all of it into projects that make sense Mm. but i don't really have the desire to go out there and you know make a new album right now i don't think that's the best investment no so what is making my music side of my life a little bit harder is just the prevalence of things like that like there's a very kind of obvious template that a lot of our friends follow to make their projects. There's nothing wrong with that for them because they make great stuff by doing it. You know, you 
figure out all your people and then you write your grants, wait to see if you get them, spend the grant money on making your album, play at the Jazz Fest, put out your album. Yeah. You know, I kind of did that. I kind of did my version of that with maybe eventually. And then when I looked at that, I was like, well, should I go and do this all over again? Probably not. Um, I played a decent amount of times as a band leader this year, like more than once a month, just because that's what it feels like you should do. I mean, I, I have this thing that I look at that has a thousand people's names on it performing in our scene every month. <laughs> and I feel like I should be out there playing too. Yeah. And I put myself in situations where I am not as uh, successful at bringing people out to each individual show because I've spread my efforts too thin mm. on that front. So uh, I think I made I think I made it harder on myself by uh, not thinking outside the box of how to release the music I do and playing too much and not not trying to make each individual performance as special as possible before I move on to the next one. And then just really quickly uh, on the rhythm changes side where I take myself too seriously is probably in the format, like the album review format kind of bothers me. I have this whole other whole thing about (laughs) uh, how that's not the most effective format for me to just keep pumping out. Just like it wouldn't make sense if I went and did the whole album cycle all over again for myself so i'm just trying to think about what is more fun and more useful to publish than album reviews uh and i'll still probably end up doing some of them but just like how do i how do i make peace with that and not worry about that too much when i look at the album reviews i do and i'm like is this really the best thing i can do true it's kind of something that bugs me a little bit i think when we talked about this um just between ourselves the cool thing about you writing album reviews, if you need to, like if you ever want to actually write album reviews, is when you are the only person writing a review yep, for that album. Which happens often. Which I think might be the best way for you to keep going forward with album reviews. Yeah. But it's like there's this one album in particular that's really bugging me because it's a great album. It's probably going to be Juno nominated but it'll be next not not this year's juno's in 2024 ceremony but the 2025 juno ceremony it'll probably be juno nominated for that um it's it's a relatively hyped album you know that's it's a publicist has been pitching and that's done pretty well so other people have reviewed it i haven't reviewed it yet you know what do i do with this can i can i make a can i make a special moment here that will be fun uh and can i do that in the album review format or do i have to do something else you know so it's a good question that that is a good question that i enjoy thinking about at rhythm changes also i would be overthinking it if i thought about that too much so i don't know that's just an issue that i'm sorting through rhythm changes yeah that's that's fair um what were the five most difficult conversations of the year they would all be related to my former work probably like with artists and people working on those projects and you know getting you know my kind of last call to or whatever so between like july august september whichever five conversations i had about that 
would have probably been the ones that just like dominated my whole thinking that makes each day. sense yeah yeah what do you think your 10-year goal might be i think all of rhythm changes what it is today i think it needs to be delegated i think it it will still exist but i think it needs to be contained in other people's work i think i can grow it to the point where it can support that sort of and i think that is the probably the proper way to do it so that it can continue because if you think about something like rhythm changes there's only a few reasons that are the cause of death for 99% of projects like that yeah. like music vlogs or things like that one most common one would be like change in the host or author's life and then they go on and they do other things and they don't end up spending time on it anymore yeah so you know how do you cure yourself of that you get other people involved that's uh, true then another one would be run out of money yeah uh how do you cure yourself of that well some people will say make more money which is absolutely true you could also <laughs> just not put in obligations of things that cost a lot of money and, and how you do it yeah um so there's both of those things that are involved so i th i think 10 years from now would i like rhythm changes still exist yeah of course uh what's the most likely way that what's the best thing to aspire to to make sure that it can continue to exist is probably to to move towards all of that uh, delegation being delegated right. to a couple of people do you think or ai yeah <laughs> do you think that you could achieve that in a year Oh, that's okay. Yeah. So that that's the, this is a two-parter kind of kind of question, right? Because there's this whole thing about like often you could accomplish your ten-year goals in one year if you really hone it down. Um, it is theoretically possible that I could if the amount of money that Rhythm Changes was making increased enough. Yes. Yes. Or if I was willing to invest enough money from my personal life. Yes. Yes. If you were, yeah. if you were willing to invest enough of your personal life money into AI to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to delegate all of the rhythm yeah. changes at work to. So yeah, it, it is possible. Um, again, I would, I, would, uh, I would like to put out some stuff that's music that I've recorded over the years that I will have by then. I'll, I would like to have made a lot of new music by then. Um, that's one that probably I can't really accomplish in, in one year. Mm. But I can try and do, I can try and focus on some really special things in this coming year that will really stand out to me as like musical memories that will last me for the next 10 years. In yeah. the same way that my first album, Aim to Stay, is still a special musical memory for me almost 10 years later. Yeah, yeah, that is a special yeah. album. And I do need to focus on my musicianship as well. That is that is something else that I can do this year that that will help me yes. do that. I can yes. I can work I can work on my own playing a lot more than I have been, and that will help me get to where I want to be. Yeah, on you that need side. to practice forty hours. Yes. <laughs> a day. As, you went to you went to go see them to set violin, so you you really learned this this year. You went to go see. Yeah, them. they were very upset that I didn't practice forty hours. <laughs> um, the problem is that I don't play an instrument, yeah. so it's a little harder for me to practice forty hours a day. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, um, practicing 40 hours, what are some 
things that you'll benefit from saying yes to this year and things that you'll benefit from saying no to this year coming up? Yeah, I think it's easier to start with the things to say no to. Uh, I think performing less often and going for bigger memories out of the ones that I do, I think that's an important thing. This year versus last year, I think I want to do fewer gigs. Fair enough. For sure. So that requires saying no to some things. Yeah. So I, I will do that. Um, can't cover, even I can't cover every Canadian jazz album released in a year, even though there aren't that many, and feel like I'm doing something fun and useful with each of them. So there's a delicate kind of way to go about that in terms of the editorial consideration at Rhythm Changes. So there's something to say no to there. Uh, I want. I would love to attend a lot more shows. I'm still kind of working on that. Say yes to more shows. To yeah. Like more to go to. To going to more yeah. shows, not playing more shows. Yeah. 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 That's that's something that I want to say yes to. I want to say yes to spending time with my friends for sure. Um, I want to say no to feeling like I always have to reach out there and find new things to do just to keep going and getting by. Yeah. That's an attitude. I think that's just a stage of life thing. Yeah. I really, I have a lot of that formative (laughs) stage of life in me. Yes. Your Craigslist years. Yes. I will always go out there and look for new things to do and and new people to collaborate with. And there's something about that that's great. But I think there's a there's a right amount of that to do. I think the the right amount to do changes over the course of your life. Like I'm ent- I feel like I'm entering a phase here where just really need to focus more on the key things that are in my life right now. I think that's just a natural part of my stage of life. You know, when you come up, we look at entering your 30s in the near future, a lot of people are just at that stage of life. Yeah. So I think there's something there where uh, I was just a big time saying yes to all, all kinds. Not even saying yes because they weren't coming to me, but I was going out there and I was looking for things. Yeah, you went to nothing. like Poco once um, on a Craigslist ad uh, across this sketchy stretch of highway into an industrial area yeah no problem where he then no car through no a, car transit and through walking, a yeah. base part that he had to make sound exactly like the person yeah. who had recorded it first yeah i know people who do all, who do that kind of stuff really well and i know that that's their i know who they are and i know that that's not me i know i'm doing other things Say no to yeah. Craigslist next year. <laughs> yes. I can definitely, definitely do that. Uh, I'm going to do a little bit of a shift here because a lot of this has been talking about more work-related stuff. Um, and the next few questions seem to be more personal. Yep. Um, whose life have you admired only to later find out that that person was was or is secretly miserable. Yeah, so I'll keep this one just hopefully just vague enough. Yeah, you know, there's a musician who I admired and I got to know a little bit, or I or I got to spend some time with, and he really influenced me, and 
later I looked back and I realized that the period of time when I was being influenced by him was like the hardest time in his life. And he turned his life around in to a large extent, at least as far as I'm aware of. And so he's out there now, but like, would I take him as a role model in the same way that I maybe thought I did when I was a teenager? Definitely, definitely not. I think mm. there's, a, there's a lot there that I wouldn't want to copy at all. Yeah. So, and even a yeah. few parts, because I know who you're talking about, a few parts that you did maybe copy yep. that you are not even intentionally from. Yeah. 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 yeah just some subconscious stuff. Which of your current values would be different if you were raised by different parents? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I was raised mostly by both my parents separately. Yeah. So one way I could approach that is what do they have in common? Not a lot. Your parents don't have a lot in common. <laughs> I think they would probably both agree with that. I think so. I think just on a fundamental level, like if I was in a completely different background, a completely different situation... Yeah, let's say that you grew up in a household where both of your parents were around mm -hmm. because, like, your parents are, are divorced. So, like, let's say you had two parents who never got divorced or in a happy marriage, um, can spend tons of time with you, um, that kind of thing, yeah. I guess, right? Okay, no, I, I will... I, You've indirectly led me to a really good one, I think. So oh, thank okay. you for yeah, that. Yeah. And I, the reason why is because when you said that, I realized, well, they did spend tons of time with me. Oh, okay. And then I thought about my mom and my mom has always kind of had a home office situation for the most part. Like my mom has always spent a ton of time with me. That's true. And my dad yes. did too, but my mom, especially because of her work situation, was always able to do that. So I think it. I'm I'm only one move away from what is probably a pretty common story where if you have separated parents and I don't have any siblings, yeah. I could have been totally left alone for like my whole childhood. Oh yeah. I'm like one move away from having had a childhood where I was totally alone. That's yeah. 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 But I never was because I had close friends who I saw very often and you know, both my parents, especially thinking of my mom here just because of the way that work allowed her to do that, yeah. spent so much time with me. Yeah. So I think that's actually the, 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 the important answer there is that you could have just been more isolated yeah yeah i could have i could have had like way too much freedom or been left entirely to my own devices or just been lonely or mm, yeah i see yeah very okay. i could have been very close to that how does that have to do with your values though what would that change about your values okay yeah that would just be something that would be different would have been different about my childhood but like what would be the consequence of that yeah um well i think i can just play that into what i said about oh i had really close friends and stuff like i i was able to understand you know how awesome it was to have those friends and like it's something that i think about now even when i'm thinking about like oh i don't spend enough time with my friends like yeah the, the value of who those close friends are in my life and thinking about them really often and stuff it was established really early on and it was because and they lived like 30 minute drives away and we were able to do that because in a large part because my parents were, were around and spent time with me and stuff and i was able to spend time with them so it gave me access to friendship early early on and it like it showed it showed me the, the, the awesome parts about that and made, made me realize how important it is. 
So and I val- still think about how important it is all so the time. So your values were changed that you wouldn't care about friendship <laughs> and you wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Maybe I maybe I wouldn't uh maybe I just wouldn't understand that in as as well. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. like as from from my understanding as a kid you had like a very weird point of view when it came to other people where you didn't like I didn't really trust anybody. Yeah, trust But I anyone. learned I learned how to by having some couple of close friends. Exactly. I guess. So yeah. maybe at this point in your life, like if you had just continued on that route, you wouldn't trust anyone. Maybe, yeah. 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 And you wouldn't have any friends because you don't trust anyone, right? Yeah. I, and maybe just specifically I wouldn't have been ready to like I made some new friends who I still have today as well when I got to high school and when I started yeah. playing music. I don't So it yeah. helped me be ready for that. Yeah, I don't think you'd be a musician. Yeah. If you hadn't had the parents that you had. Yep. Because they both encouraged me. They yeah. encouraged you to make those friends. And then you eventually ended up through making friends, end yeah. up in, in oh, band. Okay. And so this like, is really good. You've also, yeah. you've, you've led me to another one too, that I think if you asked, possibly if you asked my mom this question about me, I think what she might say if I put myself in her shoes is like, um, Nobody told me what to do for my career. Nobody scheduled my life. You know, this kind of goes against what I was saying. I mean, yeah, my parents did spend a lot of time with me, but nobody picked which extracurriculars to do. Nobody nobody tried to shift or predetermine what I was going to spend my time on as a kid. Yeah. Nobody tried to like organize my life and prepare me to like do a specific career or anything for me it was wide open and a lot of parents uh a lot of family situations it's not that's true you know but for me at every point it was wide open there was nobody who was telling me anything about what to do with my life it was up to me yeah that that would be very different if so i got two good answers there thanks to different different ways you led me down Mm -hmm. what would be different thank you i'm trying my best (laughs) like i said i'm the host with the most (laughs) (laughs) um that's what i wouldn't be a musician without that it was wide open to choose what i wanted to do with my life yeah um what do you believe the most with the least amount of evidence of it being true hey this is a question i kind of ask you normally when you're like having a moment where you're saying something negative about yourself and i'm like where's your evidence for that (laughs) I yeah, like you pick could, that up for my therapist. Yeah. Shout out to my therapist. I mean, yeah, the most obvious one is probably that like, you know, nobody nobody wants to spend time with me. Nobody's interested in in me. Not nobody's interested in like my things or my projects or my work or whatever, but like nobody nobody wants to to hang with me personally or nobody nobody cares about me or likes me personally. That would be the answer probably. Yeah. That's, again, that's probably a common answer. Yeah, because you just you do. There's no evidence that there's no that, evidence for that. Yeah. Who has the right answer, but you ignore because they're a bad communicator? <laughs> Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we could probably both say that about each other sometimes. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know this. I I'll I'll go with that just as a, if you want to pin down an answer I think that's a pretty good one. It's like your spouse <laughs> is a good answer for that because I think you both have to admit that you're bad communicators about those kind of things. Yes. There's there's kind of a more abstract way that I just thought of. Like I think especially in my corner of the 
music space in the more creative and less commercial side. Yeah. And actually, and you could say this about the commercial side too in a different way. I think the industry and the the people trying to do it as a profession, I think so often they're kind of in their own circle doing stuff that they think each other will like. Uh, and they're, you, you lose sight of what the people out there who are just the fans and the listeners and the, the consumers and the, the people who really make it all happen. Yeah. You lose sight of what they're actually looking for and you get disconnected from them. And so hopefully you're still kind of making them happy along the way, but then you kind of run the risk of forgetting about them and not making them happy and doing stuff that doesn't really carry through to ultimately the people who do matter, which is like the people who are supporting it and enjoying it the most, the, the, the fans. And so I, but then the, it's not the fans obligation to tell you what they want directly you know, so you have to you have to listen. You have to listen for what they want. You have to go out there and and talk to them. So, it, you know, it, I I think that's true. If you want to be successful, if you really want it to hang, you you have to have people out there who you know are enjoying what you do, and you have to actually listen to what they want. Um, but they're not supposed to communicate that to you. You have to take the initiative to listen to them. That would be my kind of more practical answer more abstract answer okay so then who is full of it but you pay attention to because they're a good communicator the industry (laughs) (laughs) uh no i actually have a completely one from left field about that people who are full of it but who i listen to because they're good communicators are like sports podcasters and sports content creators (laughs) and stuff for sure some of them are very full of it but very entertaining in fact they're those things are often correlated (laughs) <laughs> in sports entertainment it's, you would you come for the spicy yeah. takes right all right yeah, so yeah, that's yeah. a that's a very literal answer for me on that but i love i love consuming sports content so i'll go with that all righty what do you think is ambition a good trait but is actually envy a terrible one yeah, there's a lot there for what I do, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, ambition is a tough one for me because I always have so much of it, but it's often probably misguided and there's often like not not the best values at the bottom of it, you know, unless you're careful. Yeah, I don't think that necessarily there's like an ambition that you have that would directly correlate with envy. Mm-hmm. Um, just from what I know about you. But I do think that there are some things that you're ambitious about that you're ambitious about in a bad way. Yeah. In like a in a an unhealthy way. Yeah. I mean one thing in particular that I could single out is like there's another there's another indie Canadian music publication out there that's run by like a board of directors and a team. People who invest a lot of time into it. There's like eight, six, seven, eight, nine, ten people involved at any given time. And like they have some paying supporters, they call them just members because they kind of have a different angle than than I do. And they don't do as much like subscriber only content, but they have paying supporters. They have a website, they publish content, they review albums, they interview people, you know, they're kind of a peer of me. Yeah. And my ambition is always like, and I always want to like, if I can put out more word count than they do just by myself. He's like, if I, I want to crush them. <laughs> if I can write more words and have more subscribers and have more impact just in my little niche community doing it by myself than this group of people from uh, across the continent doing it, uh, you know, that 
that's that's an ambition that I have that is kind of driven by comparison of of myself to them. So maybe that's not always the most healthy kind of guiding. It's a fun thought if you look back and you notice that that might be the case. Yeah, but it's not maybe not the best yeah. thing to like shoot for. <laughs> um, what annoys you about other people that you sometimes do yourself? Oh, probably tons of things. Um, there's lots of things that I do myself that I wouldn't want anybody else to do to themselves. I don't know. Other people are probably not great at keeping up with seeing their friends either. Um, <laughs> I can be annoyed by my friends if they don't yeah. take the initiative to hang out with me. But really, they probably want the same thing I do. And it's just like co- circumstance that, that blocks that, right? <laughs> Negative so, feedback. And I do. <laughs> I have expressed to you that like, oh, this person, you know, I haven't heard from them yes. in and a then, while. But it's that's the easiest thing in the world to yeah. fix. Like I just reach out to them 100% of the time. That's going to be a happy yes. situation. So why not? Yes. The, yeah. Well, it's that situation where you're like, oh, this person never reaches out to me. I'm like, well, when was the last time you reached, you reached out, out to them? them? Yeah. And you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and they could easily feel the same way about somebody. So I think we all do that. Yeah. Um, interesting. This is a weird question. Um, how much of your nostalgia is a false or incomplete memory of the past? I think when you're growing up as a, as a player, mm-hmm. like from your earliest years as a musician... Nobody is good. Everybody sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so the nostalgia is that you sounded really good at the time? Yeah, because I got a lot of opportunities when I was really early on uh, with a lot of different people, my, from my New West people to Cap and beyond. Yeah. You know, in that time, most of us just didn't sound very good. Yeah. But that's okay because you that's not what you're looking back at that for. That's true. So I can still yeah. look back and enjoy. I'm kind of like accepting and carrying this this question more than like oh this is like i need to correct how i'm viewing this it's like no i don't like it's, no it no. is the correct way to view it is um i look back on all the opportunities i got to play when i was in my teen years and they were all great no matter how we sounded i think that is the correct way to do it but it is not accurate no <laughs> no this makes me think of like how i feel like we sounded in choir in, in high school but versus how we actually sounded in choir yeah like there are some some arrangements that were so epic and i was like man we sound amazing this is like yeah. top tier performance and i would like go back and listen to it now and be like oh yeah yeah well you know for the time it was great. We were learning. It sounded great to us. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> and that's great. You know, you shouldn't be looking back on that to to critique how it sounded or whatever. So, yeah, yeah I think that's correct. Yeah. Uh, what in your profession is impossible to know, no matter how smart you become? How fast you're going to grow. Yeah. Yeah. If you prescribe that too closely or if you obsess about it too much, there's all kinds of ways that can go sideways. If you obsess about it too much, then you can get frustrated. You can feel really bad about it. If you plan it out too far in advance, you can miss things that could be huge, but that are kind of off the wall. Yeah. You can miss the opportunity to just do something creative and different. Uh, And if you don't plan it out, then often it just doesn't happen. There's all kinds of ways that it that it goes off the rails and it's impossible to predict. But like, yeah, trying to trying to figure out just like trying to plan how your project is going to grow or going to how you're going to 
the number of people you're going to reach is going to grow. It's it's impossible. It is impossible. Yeah. What do you think or what in your field do you think is a law and works all the time, but is actually just a rule and works some of the time? Yeah, that's a good one. I think it is true. It's not a law. It's a rule. It's not always going to be true. It's only going to be true some of the time that if you make a big fancy project and you go into a studio, you pull out all the stops and you go high budget, big project. Yeah. It is not necessarily going to be more successful than if you do something super lo-fi, super simple that costs you nothing that was spontaneous. Um, True. Something like that. But I think it's very easy to just expect that you have to go for it Mm. and pull out all the stops and do a big fancy project. But if you actually think about what you want out of it, you can certainly find ways to get what you want out of it without doing that. So that's true. But, and I think it's just very easy to to think about. Oh, what do I have to do when I'm going to go make a new album or something like that? Yeah, I think yeah. it's easy to fall into that sort of trap of like, yeah. oh, I need to make this really really fancy, otherwise nobody's going to listen to it. When you could just put out anything, please, just put out your music. I want to hear it. <laughs> With rhythm changes, yeah, there's a funny angle to that as well. I could spend hours and hours and hours researching a person or listening to their music, and what I write could still be less interesting than just some random reaction that I had to it. Yeah. It could be less fun. It could be less entertaining, less interesting. So that's that's super weird. It's hard to it's hard to think about what that means, but I know I know that it's true. Because, again, you can't predict how fast something's going to grow or something like that. That's kind of tied to that, too. What do you think is a universal truth, but is actually just a norm unique to your own culture? By culture, I'm, I'm taking like the time period as well. And it's very simple. The thing that people think is universal truth based on my culture, real estate is the best investment. It can only go up. Never going to get a spicy take. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I don't have a take that's beyond it. that. I'm just going to say that's, okay, that's, 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 the, the, end that's, what, that's, that's, that's the answer to that question. That's the spicy for me. take. Okay. Yeah. Hey, speaking of spicy takes about real estate, what was true a generation ago that no longer is? And who is clinging to that old truth? Yeah, I think there's a lot that we would think about in our culture with the age that we are that are actually truths from two generations ago. I think most people have run their course with social media. I think that what people have understood social media to be in the late 2000s and through the 2010s, I think is not is going to appeal to people less and less. The, the idea of being on platforms where you're connected to like everybody in the world and it's like you, you can broadcast stuff on that platform to a whole bunch of people, followers and non-followers and you can like follow anybody and like everybody's there all posting into the platforms. I think that's, that's going to end up being something that's been specific to this generation that's like mm. our generation and that now that our generation have matured, uh, I don't think that's going to be as true for the from here on. Like the I, the the what we understand to be social media, I don't expect it to like still be such a predominant thing in people's lives for like the next thirty years. I don't think so. Okay, so I think I, people have run their course with that kind of. So I guess you're just talking about in terms of like millennials. And social media versus Gen Z in social media, just because and it's younger, been like a generation younger. ago. Yeah, yeah. But yeah but. What I'm considering the current generation are like people growing up now. Oh, yes. Yeah, generation and like reaching reaching maturity now too is sure is fine. But like people who are being shaped by the current 
like uh, to the extent that people have been shaped by social media i don't think it's setting them on course to like have social media be part of their lives forever i think they're going to react to it mm. what what exactly was the, the question again? the question was what was true a generation yes. ago that no longer is okay so that you could say that that would be like the future is social media or like social media is is here to stay as like a, a concept and is, is going to continue to be like the the predominant force the prevailing force in people's lives mm. uh, i think that's going to be less and less true i i think that probably was the the 2010s decade it's probably going to be the decade where that was like the most true and I that think it would so. it'll be something that crests i think yeah. that there's been definitely a shift away from it as well or just like an acknowledgement of how much stimulus there is just from social media and how attention spans are getting shorter and shorter mm -hmm. um from like as an maybe as an effect of social social media yeah um and i see it in like my younger like coworkers who are in that's their, what i'm like, considering to be the current generation yeah who yeah. are in their early 20s yeah um how they view it how they're looking at tiktok or instagram or whatever and being like wow our attention spans are getting so short now <laughs> it's like i don't know if i want to be here anymore <laughs> yeah whereas you know when i was in my early 20s in 2015 yeah there it was all consuming social there was nothing to do but social media yeah you know and and it was the thing that you know you would people were expecting you to just go out and grow your thing on. And like, that was how you were going to connect with people. Yeah. I wonder if there was like this shift because like during the beginning of the pandemic, there was just like, what did you do? There was social media. You could just be there. That was how you could spend time with people. Yeah. But maybe it got to a point where everyone was just burnt out. Yeah. I, I think there's a, there's like a pro-social way to frame it as well. And they can both be true at the same time. That can be true. But I think it's also just true that like non-social media has gotten better and more connective. Like Discord, you yeah. know, is not social media. Yeah. But people can connect there instead of social media being the best option. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um what is partially true but you believe in it so absolutely and take it so seriously that you've turned it into a dangerous belief i've always convinced myself that like i can i can hang in this profession that i can find my own way that i can create a way for me to do my work that will like sustain itself hopefully pay my bills as well and that i can get there without doing the traditional paths like that i don't have a degree i'm not a school teacher i don't aspire to like teach at a university um i don't even aspire to like tour the world in like the ideal situation as a global jazz artist like i would decline that even if it was offered to me in favor of some other things like i i have always told myself that no matter what even if i come from a non-traditional path this is a this is a space that i can contribute to and that i can do and i have something to offer uh, but i don't always have have something to offer because i'm still developing as a musician 
I'm still developing as a writer. I'm still developing as a conversationalist. And so I'm going to put like subpar stuff out there sometimes because that's life. But I'm always telling myself that, that I can do it. And if there's a danger to that, it's that if I don't invest the time to actually keep getting better as a musician, as a writer, as a person, if I don't stay on a, on a track that allows me to grow personally and grow my skills, then I will just drift into like continuing to put out subpar stuff and I'll keep telling myself that it's all going to work out someday because I know I can do it. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. It kind of actually leads into the next question, um, which is, um, are there things going well in your life today that you'll look back at later and wish you would quit while you were ahead? Okay, so sometimes I think that's podcasting, but there are certain specific values in podcasting that I feel like are still super important and, and super helpful. So I am going to keep doing it. Um, are there any things that you do feel that way about right now or things that maybe I would look back on later and think I could quit while I'm ahead? Yeah. Uh, I did. I actually did one, uh, upright bass. Yeah. Yeah. Which I've effectively quit. Yeah, Korea um, owns that now, basically. Yeah, yep. They just have it forever yep, now. Yep. You like lent it to them once and now they're a bass player. It's on it's on its third owner, <laughs> that bass. Um you know, I did I was not playing it that much, so it's hard to say ahead, but you know, it was a it was a big part of my career and it's something that I have hardly done in years and I don't really do anymore. Do I miss it? Well, not really, because it has allowed me to focus on some other things. Yeah. I could have forced myself to like, oh, I have to keep up my upright bass playing always. I guess like the question was asking if there's anything that's going well in your life right now, though. So yeah, upright bass, I guess that would have been my answer last year because I I gave the bass away around the time last year. Was upright bass going well in your life last year? (laughs) Yeah, maybe not. So maybe (laughs) I I already did drift out of that. So this is like, can I anticipate something else in my life that's like that? Yeah. Honestly, the best answer I can give to that right now would be, and I, I, I'm not saying that I am quitting this right now, but like, it's a funny thing because I, it would be, I can't really do more of it because of the other things I'm doing, teaching lessons. Oh yeah, that is, it's going well for you. It's going well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying all the time that I spend with students right now, but it's not obvious to me how long that will last. That's about all I can say about that. All right. Um, But I'm, I'm, I've really been enjoying that. I have been able to keep doing that in my own again in like my own specific way i'm glad that i have been able to keep doing that even though it doesn't seem to fit into the other things yeah here's a fun one that i think i could probably answer for you um is there something in your life that you're passionate about or focused on but you're actually just addicted to what would you say it is for me work (laughs) yeah in all in all its forms yeah (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's that's obvious. It doesn't. You don't need to get any more specific than that because there's more to life than work, and you should be able to switch it off and do something in your life that is definitively non-work. Yes. And I'm just really bad at that. Yes, you are. <laughs> You're very bad at that. <laughs> yeah, I think every, all the people in my life would agree with that. It doesn't matter how well you know me or how long yep. you've known me. The people who have known me the longest, they'll just be more comfortable with saying that. But I think everybody, every single person in my life could identify that characteristic in me yeah but you also attract other people in your life who are the same way that who are also just addicted to work and i look for them i actually don't find that many people who are like that but i'm always looking for them i don't know there's a few of your friends that i definitely see have the same characteristic as you yeah Corey weeds love you man 
you're a different generation than me too but i identify I, that in Corey. i was thinking about yeah. gabriel but yeah well of course he's he's my most obvious not to call him out on in that way but on your podcast yeah, no there's a few people who who i can identify who have that same uh like i used to if you asked me like oh are you are you driven i would have said that was like unambiguously a good thing mm. and i would have been proud to say that i am yeah. i still think i am extremely driven but i realized that that i realized some more ways that, that can be a bad thing yeah, yeah. rise and grind my dude. <laughs> <laughs> or like it can mislead you Definitely. to be to be too driven Uh, do you spend more time defending what you are? Actually, I feel like I know the answer to this question. It's do you spend more time defending what you already know instead of trying to learn something new? And I think no. the answer is no, you always Definitely try to not. learn something new. And I appreciate about that fact yeah. about you immensely. And you're always willing to change your opinions if someone presents you with new yeah. facts. I've always been like that. Yeah. So there's no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like to not to not think like that. Yeah, I I think that's a really important quality that you have. Yeah. Um that I I greatly appreciate because it's something that allows us to have hard conversations about things that we don't agree on and still come out of those conversations feeling like we both learned something and that we both are willing to listen and change our opinions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, are there people in your life who you consider kind and compassionate, but they're actually just too shy to tell you the hard truths? Yep. Whether they know them or not, I guess that's, a, that's another thing because I don't always let everybody know where I'm at on all kinds of things. So that's, that's on me too. But... Yeah, I mean there there are uh I'm not sure what to do about that. Uh and I probably do the same to them. I'm I'm not I'm very reluctant to call people out. Uh so I I maybe I I end up in a permissive space sometimes where something else where like tough love would be more helpful. Maybe I contribute to that. I can't relate. I, as you know, I am. But very, you are very not blunt. like that. You are you are the best at not being like that, which is very important to me. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, I I have a hard time with yeah. the filter sometimes, yeah. and yeah. it's not always the best. I try to be a very. I try to be kind and compassionate. Well, you are. You absolutely oh, are. You th- you are you. you are doing both. You're doing both, and not just for me. I think you do both for like multiple people in your life, which is really awesome. Oh well, th- thank you. I'm, yeah. I I, I know, know that's important to yeah. you. I know that you actually try to do that. I yeah, I want to be, but I also can be the person who tells the hard truth a yeah. lot of the time, and that's super important to me. I'm so glad that that's that you are doing that, and that we're <laughs> married, and that I I can count on that from you, even if you know maybe I'm not helping create that in other areas yeah it's super important yeah I call you out a lot yes (laughs) it's very helpful um speaking of hard truths um are you being as nice as you could be rather than just as nice as you need to be yeah no of course not yeah no I I, of course I I 
I can improve. I need to improve that. Yeah. I can be too focused on outcomes that I'm trying to achieve, which is part of the whole driven conversation. Yeah. I can be too transactional. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of ways that I'm I'm not living up to that one. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's going to be a pretty obvious answer. So yeah, yeah it's something to work on next year. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for you to be able to at least recognize that as well. Yeah. It's it's better to actually recognize that that's the first step, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> um, what should your current views would change if your incentives were different? So I don't want to do any sponsored content at Rhythm Changes. That's because my incentive is to have more paying subscribers, individuals. Being okay. on that path allows me to not try to make money by doing sponsor content, which is something I really don't want to do. But if I didn't have any subscribers, I would feel like I had to do sponsor content because I have to get some money to grow rhythm changes. Yeah. And then we just have all advertisements. Um, Chevrolet, not sponsored. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Etc. I don't know why Chevrolet is the one that keeps showing up on all of my stuff right now. So I don't you watch drive. like If you watch anything on TSN or if you watch hockey or well whatever on hockey night in canada or tsn or anything you see the, there's a lot of chevrolet commercials yeah, on i don't sports. know what is it about chevrolet specifically yeah. anyways uh, <laughs> speaking of uh chevrolet um which is not a purchase that is 200 dollars or less but i'm going to use it as a segue which purchase of 200 dollars or less has most impacted your life <laughs> like this year it just says most impacted your life so yeah. okay so these i think these are the acquired podcast questions like from their their holiday special that somebody asked them and i think they were answering like over a long period of time but i think for us for most of these questions we can go this year okay yeah so this year i mean almost all my purchases are under 200 dollars. that's the thing about my socioeconomic bracket um <laughs> or ours i would i would yep. suppose because yep. you know we're in this together um, yep, I shared that bank account with do you. Do you have an obvious answer off the top of your head? I'm thinking. An obvious answer? Yeah, um, like purchases that because we would have made. I actually have a good answer, and it's for both of us. Oh? Uh, it's our yoga app. We've been using that since 2020. Yeah, but it's less than $200 a year. That's true. It's It's great. Yeah. Yeah. We've probably spent about that much in the total time that we've had it. No, I think the yearly subscription is $20. Okay, so it's that. It's absolutely that. <laughs> think of all the, all the times we've done yoga so and how much spent, we appreciate it. I think we spent about $60 altogether yeah. on that. And that's, that's, how, that's how we do it. And that we, we like using that app. It will maybe glitch once a year yeah. and annoy us. But like that, that allows us to do yoga. And that's a thing that we really enjoy. So yeah. I kind of want to go with that. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm th we could think of other ones later, but that's the best one I got right yeah. now. We're almost done. This the the questions here. So okay. Let's let's go. Let's go. Let's Finish strong. If you had a billboard, what would you put on it, and <laughs> why? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put sprinkle in a dash of spice here at the end because we're getting close to the oh, end. Oh dear. Yeah, this is something that you've heard me say a lot. It's one of my sayings. Uh huh. Uh, it starts with the word grants. Do you know what it is? Uh Go ahead. Tell tell them. <laughs> Grants don't help artists make a living. They just help artists spend more money. 
some what would the advertisement spice. be for what would it link to what would be the call to action no idea <laughs> i don't know just linked one of your many many domain names <laughs> yeah. william will have his his own um his own domain name that's just like artists against grants.com wow. <laughs> wow and then it's just going to be a bunch of pictures of like i don't know like hugh grant um, <laughs> <laughs> or grant i don't know other actors with grant in their names <laughs> yeah um anyway that's the spicy take what's an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love I'm sure I have a lot. I'm sure you know a lot of them. Uh, oh, yeah. You're, um, I eat like an entire colander of spinach every day that, at this point. That, and I still have to do that today. Yeah. I'm going to go do that. But like I just cook it down and then it kind of reduces. Also, but, sometimes he drinks a whole glass of milk and that's pretty absurd. Yeah. Like that's just terrifying. <laughs> I'm like mildly scared for my life. <laughs> 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 yeah that i can tolerate lactose i can yeah yeah um i can intolerate it <laughs> yeah i buy the like one kilogram bag of spinach yeah, yeah. i always have that stock then just the, like tosses it into a pan with like lemon lemon and peanut butter yeah but it's like Great. it's like go my but like real janky yeah i love it <laughs> I'm going to have that this afternoon. Yeah. Uh, in the last five years, what new belief, behavior, or habit has most improved your life other than the janky gomai? <laughs> in the last five years, that's a lot of time uh, that you could pick something. I guess, honestly... It's got, I mean, it ha what were you, you going to say? I was going to say, it's probably your sobriety. Yes, it, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. But there's other ones I could say, too. Like, you could say yoga. You could say, like, the the that Joe encouraged me to do when we did the race, like, training yeah. and eating better and, and getting getting in shape that way helped me. Yeah. Um, there's, there's all kinds of, like, health-related things that actually I improved over the last five years. Because five years ago, for me, it takes me back to my early 20s when I did... I, I just could do anything health-wise and it didn't matter mm -hmm. so that that's another just stage of life thing that people at the stage of life just do they just start thinking about that for the first time yeah yeah but no it has to be not it has to be not drinking 100 percent. yeah i agree um what advice oh this is something that you you actually do anyways in your life but what advice would you give a smart college student about to enter the real world and what advice should they ignore? I wouldn't give them any advice and they should ignore all of it. That's, <laughs> there we go. Sounds Sorry. like a cop out, but that's actually what I believe. I actually meant, I, I said the question and I was like, yeah. actually, you don't give any of these people advice. It's just people going into college that you give advice. And to. I'm reluctant to call it giving them advice too. I, I like to talk about what I did. Yeah. And yeah. so that they can hear what I did and then they can react to it on their own and then they can That's go true. do what I want yeah. to do. I'm reluctant to present it as advice. Fair enough. Yeah. In the fat the last five years, what have you become better at saying no to? And what realizations helped you? Yeah, this goes back to like how I always want to reach out and try and make things happen because I felt like I needed to just to get by. 
and all the different kinds of gigs I would play and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the realization that helped me, it is that one. It's like, uh, I have good things that I'm working on in my life and I can be confident in them. If I invest the time and attention that they deserve, then I can get by by doing those things. And I don't always have to go and reach out and try and find more things just to survive. Yeah. Yes. So what we've all learned is do not answer any Craigslist yeah. ads. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Last question on the page. Okay, awesome. I didn't ans- ask you all the questions, but that's okay. Yeah. When you feel overwhelmed or unfocused, what questions do you ask yourself and what do you do? It sounds like a question for me and not you. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm often like that too. True. I don't know. I mean, that's a, that's a hard thing for me. I still need to work on that a lot because I often feel that way. But I think something that I've done often is like running, like going outside. That's a question you ask yourself? Well, it's something I, when I'm unfocused, right? I guess that, yeah, when you're unfocused, you're, like, you could ask yourself, have, have I, I gone, gone outside today? Have, have I, I done outside? exercise? Yeah. yeah, because that can, that can ward off those yeah. feelings to some extent. Gotta, I got to come up with some things when I'm at work this coming year, when I'm at an office, and I can't just go out and do that as easily. Yeah, I mean, I think you've, at some point when I talked about the Eisenhower matrix to you that started being something that was somewhat helpful in your life. Questions of what is the high, what what do I have to do that's actually a priority? Like, yeah. what, am I, what can I prioritize? Yeah, basically, yeah. what's important and urgent? Yeah. What's important and not urgent? That kind of thing. Um, yeah. I think that's helped you. So that's always a good question to keep in your mind, right? Mm-hmm. Those questions of like, what is, what are the important things? Like what needs to be done right now? Because I have find my, for myself that I find that helpful when I'm unfocused. When I'm overwhelmed, it's more like, what, what do I need to do to get myself back into my window of tolerance? Like, yeah. have I done any breathing exercises? Have I gone for a walk? Have I asked for help? That kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Have I asked for help? I never need to ask that question because the answer is always no. <laughs> so maybe, maybe you should ask yourself that question. <laughs> yeah. I I never, I, I try to never ask for help with anything ever, no matter how much I need it. Which is not... That's not great. No, you should ask for help, for sure. Especially in a new job situation. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's not just work. It's it's all aspects. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, you're really stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's like classic um, textbook example of somebody in like therapy where you have to get them to like believe that they came to the idea on their own. So that they'll change it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that was fun. That was a good way to kill some time on Christmas Day. I yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. Um, Is there anything that you have floating around in your mind after going through all this that 
that you experienced or that you were thinking about as you were going through the questions? Is there anything else you want to add, basically? No, honestly, I'm just impressed by how well you you handle doing podcasts. And you have like all these like lists of questions. I've seen his like notes. He has like these lists of questions and then like just like arrows down to other things in case like other things were like brought up in the conversation. And I just think it's really cool how easy he finds like doing okay that. thank you i i will <laughs> say that i have less notes now that that i've cut that down but i did do that when i felt like i needed to do yeah. that and yeah. i just think that it's cool that you're able to do that sort of thing um like with this i was like wow okay i have all these questions in front of me and i could try to transition into them nicely but I'm not so sure that's going to work out very well for me yeah. uh, because you gave me two full pages of questions. <laughs> I, I will drop this actually. There's a story related to that. I won't spoil what it is, but one of my favorite podcast episodes that I listened to this year to in total is uh, the guest is Cal Fussman, journalist or author, interviewer. A podcast is called Art of Investing. Um, and he tells a story about interview prep and like the way that he his interview with mikhail gorbachev went wow and that story in particular is like my favorite thing that i heard on a podcast this year and that was like one of my favorite podcast episodes this year and it's kind of related to to what you were talking about but all i would say on that is like i i took a lot of notes at the beginning and i i did a lot of prep that i printed out and put in front of me for guests in the early days because i felt like i needed it and then i got more comfortable with um going with where it went and like when i needed to throw in a new start then i could and i had my minimal notes of like new starts that i could throw in when i needed to but other than that i would try and follow it where it went which i wasn't i wasn't ready to do yet at the beginning but i'm trying to get better at oh yeah and i'm not ready to do that at all because <laughs> i was just thrown into this this seat of power yeah <laughs> Even though you're sitting where the guest sits, yes. I'm sitting in my host chair in our living room. Yes, even and though you're sitting in the guest chair, even though you're the host. I'm the host today. Yeah. This has been fun anyways, even if I wasn't prepared to ask you two pages full of questions on a microphone. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy winter break. Yeah, happy, happy New Yule. Year. <laughs> All that good stuff. Yeah. Bye. Bye.